Today on this episode of The Crossover, we will be discussing the U.S. banking crisis with founder and director, as well as chairperson emeritus of Savoy Bank, Elena Sisti. Learn what led up to the current financial crisis, the implications for investors, and what the future holds for the U.S. banking system. Much more on this episode of The Crossover. Good afternoon, everyone. going to be talking with Elena Sisti about the U.S. banking crisis. Hot topic right now. Let me just pull her on. Hey, Elena, how are you? Everything's good, thanks. It's so good to see you. How's everything? All right. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate you joining us. I know how super busy you are, especially in these times. And uh, really appreciate you joining us. So I'm going to do a brief introduction just while everyone's logging on. We have the pleasure of speaking with my uh, close family friend, Elena Sisti. Uh, she is a nationally recognized banking expert. As background, she is founder and director as well as chairperson emeritus of Savoy Bank in Manhattan. Uh, Elena became only the second female bank founder in New York City when she launched Savoy Bank in 2008. Prior to founding Savoy, Savoy Bank, she spent 25 years with Citibank, served out of planning. Since 2008, Savoy Bank has provided over $1 billion in financing to New York City's businesses and professionals. In 2021, Savoy Bank was purchased by Hanover Bank, and in 2022, Hanover Bank went public. Today, Elena sits on the board of directors and uh, committees of Hanover Bank, and notably, she received her BA in economics from Barnard College, Columbia University. So here today to discuss the very hot topic of the U.S. Me. banking right. crisis. Welcome, you. Elena. Pleasure to have you. Uh, absolutely. Just give us a little background for some people who may not be aware of the details of the well, current banking crisis. About a year what exactly ago, does it entail? Uh, uh, the government pumped uh, trillions of dollars into the economy to stimulate the, uh, the, to stimulate the economy post-COVID. Uh, and unfortunately, it just flooded, uh, flooded it with cash. So there's, uh, it created incredible inflation. And in order to stop it, the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve started raising rates. Unfortunately, they waited a little bit too long. Uh, and so by the time uh, the inflation rate was 5%, they started to really slam the brakes. And ultimately, in the past year, they've raised the rate nine times. Uh, so that means that the cost of money is that more expensive. So the other re result of the uh, hot economy was that a lot of the a lot of companies had excess cash, so they were investing investing it in technology, which is where SVB comes in. So um, one year prior to the, their failure, they were only at $60 billion, and then one year grew to uh, $290 billion of deposits because all these companies invest uh, deposited their money in their account. So as the rates went up, the way banks make money is they take the excess deposits because they have to pay uh, rates, so they invest it. You can either give out loans or you can put it into municipal treasuries. This bank put it into long-term municipal uh, treasuries that were only paying 2%. When the current rates go up, the value of those bonds decreased, so they started losing a lot of money. The depositors got nervous, and in actually one day, $40 billion 
um, in, uh, withdrawals came in. Uh, and in order to meet that kind of deposit demand, you have, you know, uh, banks don't keep that kind of cash. You know, they only keep a small percentage of it. Most of it has to be invested. So they were caught in that and they couldn't um, meet the need for the cash. Their long-term municipal bonds lost value and basically they lost billions of dollars. And now uh, that's when the Fed stepped in. So what the step, uh, Fed did do is it didn't save the money, uh, the bank. What it did is it agreed to pay back all the depositors. Um, I don't know whether your viewers realize, but you're only insured up to uh, two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. Beyond that, you know, you, you don't have FDIC insurance. But in this case, uh, they decided to bail the depositors out. Uh, that bank uh, was followed by Signature Bank, and then Republic uh, got in trouble, but other banks bailed them out. So the crisis is basically a result of very, very, you know, increase an amazing increase in rates. Banks have to pay that. Their long-term assets don't necessarily, you know, get that kind of return. So they, you know, they, they, can, uh, they can get into trouble. What they have done is the Fed has created a new uh, line of credit that if we, you know, are short in cash that we can borrow money uh, secured by what our assets are so that we don't have to li liquidate them and lose a lot of money. So it's kind of a tricky time, uh, to say the least. My, one of the committees I run for my bank, I, you know, I'm on the board of directors of Hanover, is actually ALCO, which is liquidity. And uh, normally... Banks keep maybe two or three percent of their deposits in cash. Their feds are now asking us to keep much higher percentages uh, to avoid this kind of problem. So we have to keep now 12 percent um, of our money in cash. Um, and so we have to 12 percent. Yeah, we have to keep it 12 percent. So what that 12%. means is you can't lend that money wow. out. You can't find, you know, you can't borrow or you can borrow. You know, you could, uh, we, we did is we took a long term loan. A five percent loan, so that we have that cash uh, available in case it's necessary. Um, but you know, these are trying times, and uh, hopefully, you know, it's it's just it's so it was such a uh, huge uh, rate increase. It's I, my example is in the Caribbean, and all of a sudden there's a you know six foot yeah you know, ten foot uh, tsunami or thirty foot tsunami, and that's basically what happened. We were faced with. Uh, can you imagine our uh, rates went from like zero to five percent and in one year? So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, what about what about Fed oversight? A lot of people are wondering, could this have been avoided? Hindsight's well, always twenty twenty, but looking paid, back, they did pay attention. What they could the Fed have done differently? Uh, basically, because these numbers are reported constantly. Uh, you know, every quarter we have to report how much, you know, what our assets are, you know, how, what are we paying, uh, so on and so forth. So the numbers were there. Uh, what the uh, Fed should have done is call the bank to action at that point. They should have said, hey, guys, you know, look <laughs> at this. You're, the value of your investments in these municipals are dropping precipitously. Uh, they were not realized because you don't, you don't take that loss until you ca try to cash in the bonds, okay? So they weren't cashing them. They were leaving them. They were doing 10 years. So maybe they figured, you know, we'd get out of it. But that's not how it works. So um, I think the Fed could have done a better job. Management, uh, obviously, they're being quite critical because, look, as you know, as a surgeon, sometimes you have to live through life, practice, and only the practice gives you an intuition or a knowledge that you can deal with real crises. 
you know, uh, paper, you know, uh, bankers are needs experience. And obviously a lot of these people didn't have experience and possibly were focused on the wrong things. I mean, to keep a mo- uh, depositors' money safe is really important. So, yeah, they are, and, you know, a lot of this is a little bit they're doing. Everybody says is all they had to do is start a little bit earlier to tighten the market. The inflation rate, you know, was there. There was all indicators. They said it was uh, transitory. It wasn't transitory. So instead of putting in the brakes a little slowly, they slammed on the brakes and it caused the crash. So now, yeah. Let me ask you a question. People may say that this is affecting mainly small banks. Can you clarify? Are all banks well, undergoing frankly, the at this point, I, I don't know how many banks are really at risk of collapse. But the most vulnerable are the small banks, because what's happened is that the depositors get scared. They start withdrawing their money, and they want they'll put it into Citibank. And what I've heard is people, the big banks, you know, big too big to fail, Chase, City, and all those are getting billions of dollars in deposits as these customers are trying to guard and save safeguard their money. Uh, so the smaller banks are the most the ones that are most vulnerable. So, uh, but uh, there are uh, new products out there that can protect you. You know, we have we have a great uh, money market where. Anything over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's it goes into a kind of a, an exchange of three thousand other banks, and we take parcels of the two hundred and fifty thousand and you know break it out. So you can deposit up to a hundred million dollars, and it's all safe because it's broken up amongst three thousand different banks. And so there, there. What I would say to everybody looking at this is, you know, make sure that you're protected. I'm not saying that there's going to be a failure, but there are ways to safeguard. So use multiple banks. Uh, make sure that uh, if you are in a larger bank, look at this product. And that you, if you want to have somebody who you can contact and get it, uh, if you're interested. Sorry. Um, you can, uh, you know, access it for your own personal account. So, uh We'll see what happens. It's not, uh, the word is that the Fed has uh, probably, hopefully this will be the last time they raise the rates because the, if you put on the brakes too fast, the risk is that you go into a recession. So they're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. So they might start easing it a little bit. People expect possibly by the end of this year that they'll start easing. Now, I wanted to get into that last thing you just mentioned about a recession. People have mentioned that this bank crisis is kind of the tip of the iceberg, that the financial U.S. system is starting to crack and that we could be going into a deep recession. Do you, number one, agree that this is the tip of the iceberg and the financial system well, is unstable? You know, and do you believe we're so, going into so a recession? With COVID, it was so strange. I was sure everybody was going to go into failure. But I, what I didn't realize, people were saving money and then... All that pent-up demand was out there. So, 